what uh, Elijah said. He's trying to uh, <coughs> complain about what Job has been saying. And particularly here he's dealing with the idea that Job says it, it is no profit for a man um, when he is pleased with God, uh, that, that God's really unjust in what he does. And, you know, Elihu is trying to defend God from that charge. That's basically what this chapter is all about. He made the statement in 12, Surely God will not act wickedly, and the Almighty will not pervert justice. So he shows us more or less his reasoning for that. Uh, so 13 to 15. Who gave him authority over the earth, and who has laid on him the whole world? If he should determine to do so, if he should gather to himself his spirit and his breath, all flesh would perish together, and man would return to dust. All right. So um, he is saying that God made the earth, and he's the only one that would understand how it works. Uh, and we depend on him, you know, and so how can we judge him? You know, how can we tell him what to do when we are the ones that, uh, if he wanted to, he could just call back in the spirit and the breath and we die. Uh, so he's got the authority. He's the one that's controlling life. Uh, we depend on him. Nobody, you know, you might ask the question, who elected God to be king? You know, nobody. You know, he's the one who, he made everything, and he gives the life. And so we don't really have any authority to, to question how he rules this world. Comments and thoughts about that? All right, 16 to 20. But if you have understanding, hear this. Listen to the sound of my words. Shall one who hates justice rule? And will you condemn a righteous, mighty one? Who says to a king, worthless one, to nobles, wicked ones? Who, who shows no partiality to princes, nor regards the rich above the poor? For they are all the work of his hands. In a moment they die, and at midnight people are shaken and pass away, and the mighty are taken away without a hand. Well, look at his, what he's describing in God here. God uh, is impartial. You know, certainly the ruler of the universe is not someone who hates justice. You know, he's a righteous, mighty one. He, it doesn't make any difference who it is. If he's wicked, God will rebuke him and God will bring him down. So he's just saying God's really just. God's impartial. God doesn't play favorites. Um, you know, he doesn't regard the rich above the poor. They're all the work of his hands. And so, because he's so much greater, why would, he, why would he show partiality? I mean, you know, there's nobody who really, like, you know, is going to give him a loan or, you know, bail him out or whatever. I mean, in God's position, uh, showing partiality wouldn't be, uh, you know, even something he'd want to do. So, this makes God just and, and fair, and Job should not be accusing God of perverting justice. I think these are pretty good reasons. I mean, I think, you know, you can think of maybe better ways to say some things than Elihu says, but he's right. I mean, God is just. He is impartial. Uh, he certainly isn't going to play favorites. He is the one in authority. He does make, make, did make us all, and we really don't have the right to pass judgment on him. You know, he's the one who knows everything. Thoughts? He's a little arrogant in 16. Well, he gets worse. 
He's already said similar things. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, he's probably more he, confident that he ought to be. But but what he's but he's saying about God is true. He's a teenager. <laughs> but but I mean, if you stop and think about it, he's in good company. I mean, Job and the friends have certainly made some pretty uh, bombastic statements from time to time. So listen to the sound of my words. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, they've all told the other ones, "You better listen to me," and you know, well, set you straight and so forth. So, but yeah, I mean. It's, they, they, none of them lack for confidence when they're speaking. Yeah, what is he saying in 18 and 19? Are they the same thing? And is he directing that to the way they're addressing God or vice versa? Now, I think he's talking about God speaking. God, will you condemn the righteous mighty one who says to a king, worthless one, to nobles, wicked ones? That is, he's willing to condemn even a king or nobles who shows no partiality to princes, no regards okay. to rich about the poor. There's a comma after 17. That makes a... Yeah. Even uh, though 18 looks like a question. Yeah. But it's not. It's not. It's yeah. a quote. It's a quote. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that confusion. But. Job well, said back in yeah. 31 that he would approach God like a prince with his charge and Elihu saying that won't do you much good. Uh, good point. Yeah, good point. God's not going to listen if you're a prince. Other thoughts? 21 to 30. For his eyes are on the ways of a man, and he sees all his steps. There is no gloom or deep darkness where evildoers may hide themselves. For God has no need to consider a man further that he should go before God in judgment. He shatters the mighty without investigation and sets others in their place. Thus, knowing their works, he overturns them in the night and they are crushed. He strikes them for their wickedness in a place for all to see, because they turned aside from following him and had no regard for any of his ways. So that they caused the cry of the poor to come to him, and he, had, and he heard the cry of the afflicted. When he is quiet, who can condemn? When he hides his face, who can behold him, whether it be a nation or a man, that a godless man should not reign, and that he should not ensnare the people, that he should not ensnare the people? All right. So God is all knowing. You know, He has all the information He needs to make a good judgment. His eyes are upon the ways of a man in twenty-one. He sees all his steps. There's nobody hidden from him, um, and so God, God has all the information to make a righteous judgment. And uh, he doesn't even have to uh, make inquiry, verse 24. Uh, he knows their works. And he strikes them and punishes them um, as, as he chooses. Uh, and really, he doesn't have to uh, explain himself. You know, when he keeps quiet, who then can condemn? I mean, who are we to tell God he didn't do the right thing in judgment? You know, we're mortal men. We're not the ones who can tell God how to run things. But God, he is just, and he's all-knowing, so he is running things properly, whether it looks like it to us or not. All those are, are true statements. I mean, whatever you think about Elihu, he's right. You know, it's kind of foolish for man to think he knows more than God does, or man to think he's more just than God is. I mean, who are we to decide whether or not God's judgments are accurate? Thoughts and comments? 
31 to 37. Or has anyone said to God, I have borne chastisement, I will not offend any more. Teach me what I do not see. If I have done iniquity, I will not do it again. Shall he recompense on your terms because you have rejected it? For you must choose and not I. Therefore, declare what you know. Men of understanding will say to me, and a wise man who hears me, Job speaks without knowledge, and his words are without wisdom. Job ought to be tried to the limit because he answers like wicked men. For he adds rebellion to his sin. He claps his hands among us and multiplies his words against God. Okay. So he says, you know, why isn't anybody learning the lesson from the disciplinary suffering? You know, why doesn't anybody say, you know, I've borne chastisement, I won't offend anymore. You know, if I've done iniquity, I won't do it again. Um, so he's saying, you know, rather than getting mad when God punishes you, why don't you learn from it? You know, why don't you treat it as a spanking and, you know, improve? Uh, and then he says, shall he recompense on your terms because you've rejected it? You know, so does God have to do what you want? You know, if you say, no, I don't like this, God has to stop, you know, God has to give you what you, what, what you take a liking to. Now, I think all of that is true about God. I think that's accurate. I don't know that this is as applicable to Job as he thinks it is and as he goes ahead to say you know, in general terms, I think we could say, yes, God certainly doesn't have to treat us the way we want to be treated or the way that we think he ought to. He doesn't have to answer to us. And it is good to learn lessons from God's discipline and instead of just getting mad and upset and, well, God's just not treating me right. But he goes on to say in 2035, Job speaks without knowledge. His words are without wisdom. Job ought to be tried to the limit because he answers like wicked men, for he has rebellion to his sin. So I think he's assuming the sins that led to Job having all these disasters, and now he's added rebellion to that. And he multiplies his words against God. I, certainly Job said things he shouldn't have said. That's not adding rebellion to his sin. I'm not sure that was even rebellion. It may be adding sin to his otherwise good life by making some accusations that were against God. But uh, so I think I think Elihu is too negative about Job in some ways, and I think he does also make the assumption that he was a sin. His sins are the reason that he's suffering, but that's not his main point. Elihu's main point is still dealing with what he says toward God after he started suffering. And all of us can agree, Job said some things he shouldn't have toward God after he started suffering. Comments and thoughts about that? I don't know. Some kind of a gesture, I suppose, but I don't know. It just seems sort of out of place. All right, well, 35, 1 to 3, as he deals with another thing Job says. 